this thing exploded in my head where I realized I can make awesome stuff. I don't have to wait for my agent or manager to call me. I can literally pick up a camera, turn it on, press record and make something dope. Saw the business side of things. I realized I could keep building this and eventually shoot movies. And then I can hire myself as an actor and never have to audition again. What we pulled off with the money that we had is just unheard of because of the resources that we have. Every single person from cast and crew didn't volunteer their time for nothing, but they definitely came in way less than they would normally get paid because because they believe in myself, they believe in mixed media, and they wanted to help us transition out of music videos into narrative. For me, I know that I'm not gonna get a commercial by trying to go out and pitching myself for a commercial. I'm gonna get a commercial because I go and shoot one. Totaled the vehicle, insurance wrote us a check for the whole cost of the vehicle. So now we have like our beater van and then our nicer oh, grip sick. truck. You ever take that thing off any sweet jumps? <laughs> <laughs> you know? The draft of the script that we shot with was finished three days before we started shooting. I would have rather gone into it right away when I did be able to leverage the finished product of it sooner because then I can get to the next step in my ladder quicker. As an actor, I was constantly hoping that somebody would give me an opportunity. And I love the idea that we're in that driver's seat now. I work with a lot of film students and I just love being in a position to give the chances that nobody gave me. The principles or the morals or the things that you stand for doesn't only show in your art, it shows in the people that you create art with because it's domino effect and it's that approach of like influencing the influencer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 94 of the 505 Podcast. Today, we're welcomed by a very special guest. We got Jordan Tortorello in the house. He just got done working on his first feature-length film, man. He had 17 days of production. Not as many days of pre-production. And we're <laughs> right. going to find out We're gonna find out in this episode how that whole process and what that was like. I also think it's so cool because so many of the guests that we have on are so focused around social media, content creation, and he's making like full-length features. I also loved what he was saying, how now... Now he's in a position to give actors like opportunities and other filmmakers um, and just people who work in the industry opportunities to work on set and bring his community together. And because um, he started as an actor and now he's he's uh, behind the camera. So I just think that was like super cool, like mindset. And dude, like you said, like social creators are like, oh, dude, I'm chef in the movie. And Jordan was like, no, I'm actually making a movie. <laughs> well, you did. He, <laughs> like, brought, in, he brought in some feature. tech. Right. What do you oh, bring? oh, dude, he comes in with a mega, mega box, dude. And you Couple. know, if it's a big armored box, you know, there's something nice in there. Sony Venice, dude, with the Rialto system, which he explains very nicely in the episode, <laughs> which we should get to. Dude, so I, I actually, though, I got to go stretch. Oh, yeah, first of all. Tonight is the most important day of my life. Yep. And it, it, we have a softball championship to go to. And everyone was invited to, by the way. We have a squad coming. Have a squad. Oh, yeah. We're rolling oh, yeah. deep to the to the game. How are you feeling? I'm feeling insane, like a prime like Mookie Betts. third base, first base coach or anything, dude? No, I got it. I'll be, okay. uh, I'll be out there base as well. Okay, okay. If I, I, I'm going to do some, I, I for sure, listen, here's the deal. If I don't get at least like a couple diving catches, I'm going to, I might slow the other yeah, day. Slow down. They call me showtime. I kind of, I might like, I saw a ball that was like easily yeah. could have trotted and caught it. But I'm like, let me take a couple of little slow steps and then just full layout dive. And they're like, you didn't need to do that. I'm like, I didn't need to do it. But it, so are you like. Like, are we have, do we have high likelihood that we're going to see you hit a home run? For sure. You're going to hit a dinger. 
yeah 90 percent sure in this 90% game positive. i'm gonna go nuts if you if, do if i don't last night is there a fence or is it just like inside the park it just keeps going it's dude it's so unfortunate because there was a fence at our old field and that's i used so much to more just fun. drill it into yeah. these trees and they just be like yeah that's just, yeah that's, that's a gun that's a so gun pop the chain oh, no and so in the in the other league in the other league too that we play in you just hit in the parking lot and he's the, the blues just like Sad. yeah and they got like a little air horn like beep, 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 yeah. this league doesn't have an air horn but we're gonna have the crowd so that'll count yeah. you know and if dude if you hit it and it, it's short grass it just goes dude so you just you know if it's a dinger you'll like know you'll so know far. yeah like if you it'll i'll hit one tonight and you'll you'll just nod and i'll just nod back to <laughs> yeah you and I'll just we uh, we need to go get some bubble gum and <laughs> yep. some sunflower seeds yeah 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 some big and some gatorade yeah yep. and some of that jerky dip you know what i'm talking about remember yep. that back in the day oh, I'm just oh yeah the dude, jerky that was you, funny <laughs> yeah they just i'm it. gonna be sitting behind the ump like as close as i can be and she's like are you kidding me blue <laughs> I need that from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I got and that. You really rattled the other team tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's a we'll huge get on night. Him. But hey, hey, let's go. Let's go. Let me go stretch. Let's get into episode ninety four. Come on, Jordan, give me the one handed crack. Start us off. Start us off oh, strong. Do we go left hand or right hand? Whatever feels right. Whatever, Whatever your natural right. hand is. There's a dent already pre existing. Yeah, please, dent. Where is it at? please, uh, everybody note that. And like in there. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah I up. see it. Right. I see it. The oh, committee's shit. aware. Oh God! Oh, oh this oh, is I bad. So this is oh, oh, this is bad. Oh, oh, <laughs> they're hard, God. dude. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. And okay, we got Big um, we got that's, Mars yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Mars yeah. crater Mars crater on the side. We're gonna lob out a two nine. Welcome to the show, baby. Wee wee wee. Good to have you. Presented by Leisure Hydration. Let yeah. me let me oh. show you how it's done. Oh, that was oh, nice. Wow, my water was good. Hmm. I tried oh, to get Costas. I might have cheated, actually. We're just splashing the whole table. Oh, but, dude, I got a big dance. Just I keep getting these dance, bro. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, you definitely won that battle, my friend. Welcome to the club. Wait, wait. I, only I get a score? You guys no, don't no, get scores? Th this was about an 8-8. Eight, eight. This was a 7-9, and that was like another 2-5 right, uh, right there with all right, you. All right, all so, right. Come on, Costas. <laughs> no, Down at the bottom. Battle yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. yeah. a cannon thing. <laughs> Let me see. Being on top. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think? Dude, you just got to... Oh, that's good. You walked in yeah, with right. that, yeah, with a new camera. You got bored and just said, I'm just going to flex on it. You actually walked in with a giant two-handed box. Yeah, I did. I, I yeah. admittedly couldn't bring it up on my own, and Kostas had to come down and save me. What did you buy? Uh, I bought a Sony Venice, mm. and I bought a uh, Sony Rialto, which is an attachment for the Venice, as you some of you know. It is the coolest piece of camera tech ever created, and it allows you to separate the sensor block from the camera via a fiber optics cable. So you could throw the body itself on your back in a backpack configuration and then hold just the lens on your hands. I think we need one of those for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so I saw I, the first, I didn't know that's what it was called, but I saw mm -hmm. this on a shoot where they had the robo camera thing. Mm -hmm. And so they had this just literal lens and yeah. I was like, I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. Right. I see the Venice on the ground, but this isn't making sense. And now you're telling me yeah. it all it all is clicking now of what was going on. It's really cool. And the fact that nothing else exists, it just feels that much more special to have it, one. It's it's one like red doesn't have something like this. Can't none nothing. Nope. They don't nope. got the the nerds, dude. They don't got the right Shout nerds. So on uh on Top Gun, they strapped the body of the camera to the bottom of the plane and then they put the Rialto inside the cockpit. Cause we've never actually been able to fit a camera inside of a cockpit before. Cause you know, when you have the body, the the batteries, the monitor, mm -hmm. the deck, the lens, that thing's huge. The cockpit, it's like the Navy was super, super strict, or the Air Force was super strict on exactly what they could put inside. Right. I mean, dude, it'd be scary to have like a giant rig in there. I feel like you'd be like, oh, sorry, pilot. Fuck. He just goes out just right out the window. And you, know? were, and you were telling us you use that on your uh, movie, right? Yeah, we did. So a, a lot of people use it for car mounts. 
So you don't have to put the entire body on the back of the car. So what we did is we put the body inside of the back seat and then we ran the cable along out the window through the top of the, the, the car roof and then onto the back and we had the Rialto. So it's just a, a much smaller, more lightweight rig instead of putting the entire camera body. Was yeah. this something you were, so did you rent it for the movie that you shot? Uh, our DP owned one. Or your DP owned one. Our DP owned flex. one. And I just don't love renting. I like owning the tools to do the things I want to do so I don't have to rely on people. And uh, now we got one. Let me ask you this. Will you rent it out now or will you just keep it for yourself? I will. You will. Yeah, I will rent it out. So my philosophy and, and sort of business plan with owning equipment is have the tools to make the productions that I want to make and then help people in my network make productions of that scale with equipment they wouldn't normally be able to afford. And so what that's would, sick. yeah, that's a ge that. genius idea. What would the project, what would a project cost to rent out the Venice kit if you wanted to? I would say body, no lens, like anywhere from 1500 a week to like 2000 a week Which on is, the low end. That's awesome. If you go to like a rental house, mm -hmm. they're going to charge you a lot more. But if you go to independent owner ops mm -hmm. and rent it from them, like via share grid or something, that's the going rate, I'd say. And well, you got good insurance on this thing. Yeah, you, you have best. to. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to. <laughs> He's not leaving his car in LA to like hang out for a couple I mean, of... it's literally a down payment on a house. It's a car. It's a car. It's like a nice car. Yeah, you got a Tesla that's like hanging out with us like to the side of the thing. Yeah. Right. You pulled up in a pretty sweet van though. And you got two of them. I got two of them, yeah. You're a van guy? Like a... Uh, not like van life oh. kind of guy, but <laughs> like when you own a lot of... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Way cooler, by the way. Yeah, way cooler. Except for this one I pulled up in is like our van now it was the first one that we owned and then a month after we bought it it was in the parking lot of a shoot we were doing and somebody just smashed into the side of it honestly i think maybe like the kid was driving mm. like a five-year-old kid it was crazy awesome. anyway it totaled the vehicle insurance wrote us a check for the whole cost of the vehicle Fuck. so now we have like our beater van and then our nicer oh, grip sick. truck so you ever take that thing off any sweet jumps? <laughs> you know, from time, <laughs> from time to time. Some off-roading? Wow, do you rent out the van too? To I people? rent out the bigger van, yeah. So okay. the bigger van is a three-ton, which is a metric mm. to uh, measure how much equipment is in there. And it's got uh, lift gates, it's got carts, uh, off-road lights on the outside of it, LED lights. And that guy we use for all of our shoots, and then we rent it out as well. When did the obsession with the gear kind of come into play? Was it when you were living back in Arizona, or was this something when you came out to LA that you're like, this is a business that I want to get into and start. So I've always been a tech geek. Um, I don't think they're public on YouTube anymore, but I make I used to make review videos on oh. like iPhones and do unboxings. There's Jordan T reviews. Check um, it out. Check so it out. So me, yeah. me and my best friend Hudson, shout out Hudson, uh, we would build computers together and like pre-order iPads together. So I've always been a tech guy. And then when I started shooting, I was renting equipment frequently, started buying equipment, realized I could make money renting it out. And then from there, every single expense became a justification. Cause I'm like, well, babe, we can rent it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I understand it's expensive, but we can make money off uh, of it. It's a write off. It's, yeah, it's, it's an appreciating asset. Right. You know, I appreciate that, man. I, I, I'm like, I geek out on, on gear, but I don't think to the level of you. Cause I feel like you, you got like so much different stuff. I'm like, I got maybe an iPad and, a, and one camera and you got everything. I mean, no, I see you guys got the aperture units and 
some Matthew C stands. That aperture light. Sammy's camera on. bags. Dude, Let's so, go. So that aperture light is being held on by one of these cords. <laughs> so I, I, shitty rigs called me and I, I yeah. made him a video uh, for it. So I, I strapped this around the top and that. Do you see it? Do you see under there? It's fucked. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So aperture. Aperture. If call, you're yeah. Dude, call us, please, for the love of God, because we can't, we can't really send the light in. We need the light every yeah, week. Yeah, it's, right. a, it's a huge. Bro, debacle. I think, I think you guys gotta just buy a new light. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's just holding up. Just. <laughs> it's got oh, at least. It's got at least two years left in the yeah. tank before that thing you falls know, off. I, I will say though, uh, Amaran, which is their like more consumer level mm. product or side of the company, their lights are so affordable. They're like three hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, and they're great. Yeah, they're solid those, for this type of stuff. I have one of those tube lights, the Amaran tube lights. It's fucking mm. dope. Where do you feel like the rental business is going? Because I've talked to some people, and some people like we, me and Chase used to rent from this guy in Burbank, and he has like an insane business model. He's crushing it. But then I've talked to other people that I've went and rented from on ShareGrid, and they're like, yeah, it's it's tough for us to really get off the ground because these new cameras are coming out, new lenses are coming yep. out, and then they're not able to pay off the current thing. They got the FX3, right. and they're not able to pay it off, and they're like, shit, well, I still have like two grand on the FX3. Mm -hmm. and I gotta buy the FX30. I got FX30 no now, it just came out, that's what everyone's wanting. So what's your experience been like with renting gear in Yeah, LA? it is difficult because these companies are coming out with stuff more and more, um, like quickly, especially Aperture, they're constantly dropping a new light, and the stuff's so affordable that more and more people could buy it, which means that you don't really need to rent the equipment. Um, I think the advantage I have is because I produce projects, I'm purchasing gear for us to use and then renting it out is a cherry on top. So we've done very well with rentals and it's definitely been an awesome stream of income. Um, but you know, again, like I said, being able to use the equipment ourselves and being able to rent it from myself out of the budget of the projects we have, um, it you know, it's it kind of way outweigh it helps uh, outweigh the downsides of rentals. I do want to get into your movie. Okay. Because yes. when we first met, um, I meet you and you're like, I gotta finish up this edit. I need to submit my movie to Sundance. And that was like, <laughs> yeah. that's like how we met. Yeah. So can you tell us about your first feature length film? It honestly happened really quickly. Um, you know, when I first, I'm gonna give a little bit of backstory first. Please. Um, so when I fell into shooting music videos, I, I moved out to LA for acting, I was pursuing acting. Um, I did some social media stuff and then I bought a camera to take Instagram pictures of me and my friends and other influencers around me. And then um, I just randomly shot a music video for some friends of mine and it was really cool. And this like this thing exploded in my head where I realized I can make awesome stuff. I don't have to wait for my agent or manager to call me to go on set and make something. I can literally pick up a camera, turn it on, press record and make something dope. So then it just, it, it accelerated so quickly of shooting music video after music video after music video. And as I grew doing that, started paying my bills doing that, started buying equipment, saw the business side of things, I realized I could keep building this and eventually shoot movies. And then I can hire myself as an actor and never have to audition again. Boom. So, um, you know, we got larger budgets, started working with bigger artists and learning the production side, what directors we liked using. I would sub things out and not direct myself, working with other producers, gaffers, grips, learning how to do call sheets, things that I never paid attention to as an actor. Um, and finally, after three and a half, four years of doing that, we owned enough equipment and had a great enough of a network with people we liked working with where we felt comfortable to tackle narrative, which was the goal from the beginning. Um, so we shot a proof of concept for a TV show called Gorilla in November of 2022. And right after we finished that, it just, 
immediately I was like, wow, this, this is real. Like we can make beautiful high production value, a great story with our resources. We got to make a movie. Um, so we used that to get an investor excited about giving us money for a feature film. And then four months later we shot it. Wow. Where'd so. you get the, like the script for it? Did you uh, write we, it? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So I came up with a story with a good buddy collaborator of mine named Lay. He wrote the script and he directed it as well. And you produced the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So 17 days on set, was that what it ended up being? Uh, it ended up being, oh yeah, actually, 17 after pickups, yeah. Wow, okay. We were originally gonna do it in 10. We probably could have. Damn. But then we had some various recasting issues like halfway through, um, some weather, and then we ended up doing 14 days. And then after we shot it, or after we finished editing it, we realized we needed some stuff. So we did three pickup days. Did you have to go back to the investor and say, hey, we we have a couple more days. Yeah, you we did. did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How how does how does that conversation go? And what does it look like when you know they've told them, hey, it's going to be ten, and now you're like, we, we might need fourteen or maybe right. seventeen. How does that how does that kind of go in the feature? God, film I wish world? we could shoot a film for that amount of money. But <laughs> fortunately, what we pulled off with the money that we had is just unheard of because of the resources that we have right. and the all, every single person from cast and crew they didn't volunteer their time for nothing, but they definitely came in way less than they would normally get paid because they believe in myself, they believe in mixed media, and they wanted to help us transition out of music videos into narrative. Um, so what we pulled off for the budget we had was amazing. And going back to an investor and saying like, hey, we need a little bit more money, it's still way less than what you would typically spend for something. So that eased things a little bit. And also fortunately the investors, a creative person. So they understood and also agreed in what we needed to do. I feel like a lot of people get pigeonholed into just shooting maybe music videos with influencers. Let's use that as an example, right? You started mm -hmm. in that. How did you, you know, just say, Hey, this is, we want to change to narrative films, which is, I feel like a complete 180 from the influencer music video yeah. space. And I feel like a lot of people want to pivot. They might be doing, weddings right now maybe they want to do brand work how does someone go about that in you know if they're in a space that they might not be loving anymore yeah i mean this isn't fully universal but um i've always tried to put myself in a position where i don't have to rely on a client now mm. that doesn't always work but for me if i'm creating the product then I don't have to rely on somebody that's hiring me because I'm creating it myself. Obviously, then you have to deal with, specifically in feature films, you have to deal with learning the distribution side and how am I gonna get it on Netflix? How am I gonna get it on Hulu? But you know that expression, you build it and they'll come. And I think the same has been true and I've seen this in my career and especially doing that proof of concept. It was like, let's just make the best thing that we can on our own and then use this to show other people that we mean business. Um, so. You know, commercials. I'm not in the commercial world at all. I'd love to. I think it's really cool. I know there's a lot of money to be made in there um, as well. But for me, I know that I'm not going to get a commercial by trying to go out and pitching myself for a commercial. I'm going to get a commercial because I go and shoot one. And we've talked about doing a spec together. Like I, if we build it and then they'll come. So that's what I've seen in my career. And I'm going to continue to do that as I grow. I will also say the music videos that you've made, like you incorporated narrative pieces into those. Mm -hmm. So when did that idea like, okay, I'm making music videos. Maybe it's just the song because you knew that your, I guess, uh, main goal was to get into the narrative piece where you're like, I'm going to try to weave narrative pieces 
within the music video? It honestly, it wasn't as deep or as okay. like thought out as you might think. For me, I just, I was auditioning for movies. I love movies, I love narrative. So as soon as I started getting paid to hold a camera and shoot something, naturally that's still the headspace I was in. So for me, it was just an excuse to work on narrative type of projects. So in my mind, even though it's a music video, I'm still, oh, I'm making a short film. Okay, that so that was still- It was a short film with music and the artist's song was just the soundtrack for the short film. Okay. So most of the artists I worked with, fortunately they trusted me to do that. Um, and then every once in a while you get someone who's like, I just want a performance video. and Or you'd get the rapper who's like, I want girls twerking. Right. And I'd be like, all right, sorry, this, the this, boat. this isn't the video for me. <laughs> That's so funny. What uh, During the process from transitioning from the music videos to this big narrative film with all these shoot days, a lot more people, a lot more moving parts, what were some of the biggest things that you learned during that process? More pre-production. More pre-pro. Yes. How many days of pre-pro did you have? Dude, I mean, not much, not enough. But I will say this, that we had a, the let's see, the draft of the script that we shot with was finished three days before we started shooting. Fuck, wow. So we, we definitely ran a little crazy and wild with this. And honestly, in a lot of ways, it was run and gun and figuring things out as we went. And in hindsight, a lot of people have said like, well, you know next time you're gonna do more pre-pro, right? Yes, you should do a lot of pre-pro, but for me, I would have rather gone into it right away when I did, be able to leverage the finished product of it sooner because then I can get to the next step in my ladder quicker. So in hindsight, I wouldn't have taken more pre-production because I probably should have taken another two months to do pre-pro, but then that means I'd have to wait two months from now to be able to use it the way I'm using it now. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so with with getting into Sundance is what is the what's the process for that? Like I've never I've never made something narrative like that that's long. How do you go about it? Do you just literally Google try to get on this? Like how does how does yeah, that work? So what, to, what, what, to, is it, what does this process look like? To be clear, so I'm not misrepresenting anything. We did not get into Sundance. Oh, okay. We did not get into Sundance. I am going to Sundance. We did submit to Sundance. Mm. And um, can anyone submit? Anybody can submit. Okay, but Anybody you have to get chosen to You have to get chosen, okay, correct. It, it, and they'll copy. let you know whether you get in or whether you don't get in. Mm. Uh, it's like a hundred bucks to submit. They okay. do short films as well. They do pilots, so you can really submit anything you want. Wow. Um, but, you know, here's the thing I, I will quickly say is a festival movie in my mind, and I'm newer to this too, so I'm learning as I go, but it is a very specific type of movie. It's a movie that either has some sort of political agenda or it's, you know, pushing, you know, for some sort of cause or it's really abstract art unique or you have some big actor in it. It's an indie film, shot on film, just has a very interesting look to it. In my mind, that's what I think of with festival movies. This is not that kind of movie. And from the beginning, our business plan behind this was let's make a movie for as little Little, as little money as we can, make it look amazing, and then sell it for a profit. Because as I'm learning this industry and meeting more people, the first thing an investor asks you is what's your ROI? How much money have you made on your previous films? Right now, we still have not sold this movie yet because we're just finishing post, so my ROI is zero. So for me, I just wanna cross that finish line mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Then as a production company, the next thing they'll say is, well, can you make a movie? Can you produce a movie as a production company? Until this is done and out in the world, we haven't yet. So I'm just trying to cross that, cross that finish line as fast as possible so then we can leverage the stuff that we have coming next. You bring up a good point though of like, I, I feel as though sometimes people let great get in the way of mm -hmm. like a finished product. Totally. Like sometimes like, done is better than amazing and i'm not mm. saying that your film isn't amazing but i'm saying like the fact that you're like 
fuck two two extra months of pre-pro let's like get into it i want to get this final product mm. out like t uh time is like almost your most valuable asset because mm -hmm. it's going to allow you to progress in your career yeah, i agree um can you tell us more about the film what it's about and kind of like the storyline yeah yeah um so it's a sci-fi psychological thriller and uh essentially our uh two couples they're, they're a couple they're a lead and um husband is a biochemist and he gets a job opportunity out in this really small weird town they move out there he's gone every day for work she doesn't really know what he's doing and he goes missing and while he's gone she starts meeting the neighbors and just everything is super weird and off um just a, a creepy town weirder and weirder things are happening to her he finally comes back after like two weeks of missing and just something's different He's, he looks the same, you know, he talks the same, but just something about him is off. From there, things keep unfolding. We find out, well, I won't tell you what happens, but that's essentially, that's essentially. Dude, it's kind movie. of like a don't worry, darling, meets yeah, like Gone Girl kind of. Absolutely, absolutely. Fuck yeah, I would watch this show. <laughs> that's fun. Sounds dope. What was the first day of set like when you're rocking up? You're just like, here we go. Where was it all at too? Uh, we shot all in Woodland Hills. Okay. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yep. Did you have to get a ton of permits for it, or did that's you have no. did you have homes that you had? Yeah, we had a. So our other producer Dallas, he owns a house that's got two homes on one lot. Awesome. So we used one home for holding, and the other home was our picture house. Um, first day of set was amazing. I mean, honestly, every day I'm on set, and this sounds really cliche and cheesy, but I really mean this. I, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. I love I love production. I love being on set. I love gear. I love seeing people do what they do. Like it's all just magic to me. So being able to be on a movie set, and I had been on plenty of movie sets as an actor, but being on a movie set that I am creating and I am pioneering and people that are showing up for me because they believe in me, like it was it was just, it was magical. It's just, you can't really explain it. Fucking sick. Yeah, that's a, how many people ended up, ha uh, did you have to source for it? Let's go crew first and then the talent. Yeah, crew, are, so I'll, I'll actually go talent first. Okay, um, talent first. Talent was very small. We had six or seven total, two that were playing the entire film, a third and fourth that was playing like half of the film and then the rest were just kind of like fillers and some extras crew wise was probably the like 25 to 30 wow ish a lot of a lot of people yeah a lot of people a lot, a lot of mouths parts. to feed and how did your experience acting pursuing acting help you on the other side of the camera i think you have a, a more of a compassion for actors for mm. one um I also, you know, one of the things that's so exciting being on this side of things is as an actor, I was constantly hoping that somebody would give me an opportunity and somebody would give me a chance. And I love the idea that we're in that driver's seat now and I want to empower people and I want to find, like I, I work with a lot of film students um, helping create some of their short films and sponsoring gear and that type of thing. And I just love being in a position to give the chances that nobody gave me. Um, and as I continue to grow, whether it's friends or people around me or complete strangers. Um, so does that answer your question? Totally. Kind of forgot what your question was as I started. <laughs> no, going, I, I think that's just so great. Like being in a position to give someone an opportunity, like however big or small is just like a beautiful position mm -hmm. to be in. And like, that's really cool that you are looking at it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Did you have any moments of like, like big problems that you had to fucking like fires to put out and shit? Yeah. I mean, always, but, and yeah. you guys know that it's really not that much different, whether you're doing a small music video or commercial or feature, there's always stuff that's going to go wrong. Is there anyone in particular? 
Um, well, we had to recast an actor four days into shooting or half. Yeah, three or four days into shooting, we had to recast one of our leads. Um, and and you'd already shot. And we had, yeah, we already shot. So we had to reshoot stuff. That and sucks. people weren't super happy about that. But, you know, we made it work. And then weather, like that was annoying. We had rain that wasn't expected. So we had to bring all of our gear inside. When you're pursuing acting, when you first get out here, are you are you getting some acting jobs or was it more like you were just prepping for a lot of jobs? What did it kind of look like? And where was this moment of the script flipping saying like, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm more destined to be with, you know, with the camera in my hand or, you know, overseeing all of these different mm. types of productions. When I first got out here, I was, it was essentially my fourth year of high school or my, sorry, my first year of college okay. when I first moved out here. So my parents were very big on, you go to high school for four years, then you go to college for four years. So I came up with a scheme, a master plan that I would do online school. I would finish in three years. On the fourth year, I'd move to LA. I'd try it out and then I'd go to college. I like it. So I'm still gonna adhere to what they want, but I'm also gonna do what I need to do. So I did that. I moved out to LA when I was 17, graduated a year early from high school and I treated it like college. So I was in three or four acting classes a week. I was doing casting director workshops. I was meeting with managers or people getting their advice on how to build my career correctly, doing literally everything that I'm I'm told to do um, or what was believed to be the best trajectory to to become an actor. And I started getting some stuff, you know, like small commercials and short films and some student films. And then after several years of doing it, I got um, like a, a couple co-stars on some Hulu shows and I did a small movie and um, but nothing huge. I got pinned for some stuff, which, you know, it's interesting. It's like going home. Maybe you guys relate to this, but as an actor, one of the hardest things is going home during the holidays and people are like, so are you on a movie yet? <laughs> and for you, the big award is I got a call back, right. you know, and realistically with acting, it's like auditioning is your job and getting a call back. That's like, oh, you get a promotion. You got a call back or, oh, you get a director's session. You got a third call back and then, oh, you got pinned for a project and then you might not get it and you can't think like, oh, I'm a failure. Like, no, you got an audition. Tons of people, thousands and thousands of people were submitted and they only brought in 200 and you're one of the 200. And then you got a call back, so you're one of the 20. So- uh, That's a brutal yeah, world. Yeah, Fucking it, it's, brutal. it's oh tough, my God. it's really tough. And were there specific roles that you were trying to go after? Was it like, yo, I'm, I'm here to hustle, anything and everything? Um, any Anything my manager submitted me to. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely went out for bully a lot and I went out for Lovable Loser. Like in comedy, Ooh. sitcoms, Lovable Loser is one of my, was one of my favorite characters when I was pursuing comedy a lot. It's my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, let's go, yeah. come on. Or you're throwing people in the lockers. <laughs> yeah, as a yeah, bully. yeah, either way. Either, either way. way, either way. <laughs> I can fight myself, dude, in, in the school. What was, uh, what was your living situation like at 17 when you first came out here? Were you living dude, with roommates or were you just- I was, oh, you I were. was, yeah. So I was in a really, really small apartment off Hollywood Boulevard. And I was in a room that was probably like from this wall to this wall and then a little bit and a rectangle. So a little bit uh, smaller Shit. in width. And it was three people in one room. We all had bunk beds. Ooh, I paid like 375 a month. And Holy that's awesome. Shit. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's, that's the cheapest I think yeah, I've ever heard you of. Can't, you can't beat that. No, but it, it was awesome. And, and it was definitely a culture shock um, because I was living in Sedona, Arizona. That's where I grew up. And it's a very, very small tourist town. Um, everyone's super friendly. You got a guy who stands on the street who like waves at people, even though he's a millionaire, he just likes to sit out there and do it. <laughs> um, and then I moved to LA and I'm on Hollywood Boulevard and I'm walking to that LA fitness every morning at 9 a.m. And I smile at somebody and they're like, what the fuck you want? <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry <laughs> dude i got that bad because I, I came from minnesota and okay. everyone says like when you walk past someone on the sidewalk just one person you usually say hey hi don't know them and i was remember i was walking with my friend zane who i moved in with and i was walking in this walk person like walked past our apartment i was like hey and they just like looked at me and zane was like yeah don't do that <laughs> like, like we're gonna get beat up if you keep doing it. i just couldn't stop it was like habitually i kept doing it yeah. it's really weird dude shout out to you midwest now i don't do it anymore i think you should still do it now i just yeah. fucking shoulder people when i cross them <laughs> just strip no people. you you have you have to continue doing it um it's funny I, I think it's really important i think we have a responsibility to we have a responsibility to help those around us and to shape the way and you know lead by example i said i could have said that a lot smoother we have a responsibility to lead by example um you know especially in this industry it's it's hard it's a hard industry to begin with but there's a lot of corrupt dark shit happening that most people don't know about and you know even whether it's on set and the way that you treat people around you and your crew or just you know on a day-to-day when you go by people like don't get thrown off by the fact that you're the only one doing that continue doing it have a smile on your face like it does go a long way even if you annoy people sometimes it's it's important to do that it's important hell yeah i love you if you say hi to me no matter what i got just you, throwing though. that out but it's a great that's a great sentiment i, I like that yeah well said is the acting dream still alive i love it um it's definitely sh- changed a lot um but for some weird reason i'm, I'm 27 right now and for some weird reason the mid thirties is going to be my acting prime. Mm. Like, <laughs> like John Hamm, dude. Mid thirties, late thirties, mm-hmm. the Chris Pratt, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, those type of roles. And then for some reason, even thinking about like my forties, my fifties, when my, my business is super set, I'm doing big movies. I'm in great shape. Got a long way to go on that. Um, that's going to be my prime. That's when I'm going to jump back in and I'm say, I'm going to start in a movie. I'm going to lead in a Hell movie. Hell yeah. Like, for right now, I'll just hop in where I can and, you know, if it happens. Cool. Are you putting yourself, like, were you, did you have any role in the movie you made? Yeah, I did. I, very, very small. I was the lead, dude. What do you <laughs> yeah, I, I'm him. So the producer and I was yeah. the lead. Yeah, and the DP and I was the gaffer and the sound guy and the makeup artist. Um, no, so I, I did. I was originally going to play a more uh, prominent character, but being that it was such a scramble and our first feature, I wanted to make sure it was running smooth, so ended up bowing out of taking that role and I took a much smaller one which was fine it was still fun but but the guy that replaced me Christian CV is a, a beast bro and when you watch the movie and you see his character and his performance I'm really 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 happy that I did step out because he brought it to life for sure when do we get to see the film never <laughs> Fuck. Oh, um soon okay. soon yeah maybe maybe another couple months after you hit the final export how do you get it like distributed how do you market it? What's that process like? Yeah, so I, I wish I knew the proper answer. I have ideas of them. And fortunately, we do have some people in our network that are gonna get it right away. Um, so we have some interests from some smaller networks, um, but we wanna try to get something a little bit bigger. So we have a spreadsheet with like 10 to 12 names and emails. And as soon as the movie's done, it's going right to them and see what happens with that. Wow. This is a random question, but like when you export a movie, this is just the way you phrase it made me think of this. Are you exporting just like a ProRes or like what? Do you know like the fucking format? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've always wondered that for some reason. Just like are yeah. these exporting H264s? Quick time. No, no dude, Premiere Pro has a has a preset and it's just called says movie. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really good film. Yeah. The big screen. I've always I should look that up. I just have never <laughs> proper Google. Well, it. what is interesting about movies is there there's a process called QC, which is for quality control, and DCP, I believe, is the other title. Someone can correct me on that. Um, but it's a process that films have 
have to go through before a distributor can green light it to actually air on their platform. Um, it makes sure that the color is perfectly accurate, the sound is exactly where it needs to be, the quality is where it needs to be. Um, so I believe that they'll handle all of your deliverables and that's a service that you pay and you go to. And if you're dealing with Netflix, they might have specific mm. Q QC people that you need to go to and then you run it through their program, they'll give you the deliverables and then it's ready to go to the world. It's absolutely insane. And you're also working on another mm -hmm. feature. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, what's today's date? Today's the 11th. We are f exactly four weeks out from starting. Is that also a sci-fi? Uh, no, no, it is a thriller, but a not a sci-fi. A thriller based mm -hmm. out, based in LA as well? Um, not story-wise, but we are shooting in LA. Shooting in LA. Mm -hmm. Are you shooting at sets or is it houses? Or? Um, we're doing a couple of sets a house we're, we're doing a car crash scene so we got a street that we got permitted sick we're towing in a crashed like a totaled vehicle as a double for our actual picture car we're gonna flip it upside down um wow. that, that's gonna be exciting how long do you get the street for that day uh we'll just have it for one day one day just yeah. one full day and you'll mm -hmm. have it blocked off mm -hmm. how does a car crash scene work well we're doing the indie version of a car crash so we're not going to actually see the car flip However, you can do that and they make these um, devices that a car goes on and then it has like pistons in it and it'll literally mm. launch the car. Some Tannerite. Like, You're just a guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a sniper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we got uh, we got yeah. Blake from the Navy <laughs> yeah. from the Navy coming in today. Yeah. He's a SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have the budget to do that, but we're gonna do our indie version of it, which is you'll see the two characters driving in a vehicle and then you'll see a, like a bright light on them, like there it's a headlight and then they start swerving oh shit and fortunately it's a flashback so we'll be cutting back and forth between present day and what happened so we'll cut back to present day we see a reaction shot and then we cut back to the crash and it's the aftermath of what happened cars flipped upside down guys bleeding airbags are off smokes coming out sirens all that type of thing sick wow okay imagine sound design does a big oh, lift there yeah, yeah absolutely that's sick little, absolutely little riser coming up mm -hmm. boom yep, yep. Yeah. goes black I just hear the, hear the actually that, that was good Smash Smash the lift. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I was pretty isolated i won't do it again i think they got the <laughs> yeah no, we got, we got it that time okay so going into your second feature mm -hmm. what did you learn and take away from your first that you're now taking into your second are you doing more pre-pro oh yeah definitely, <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely. Really, he's we're, we're going thing. three we days did, is the, is the three sweet days spot now we're gonna hit five days this time <laughs> you know, those extra two days um yeah definitely more pre-production um better food Nice. For sure. Oh, what were yeah, you? What, what was the food like the first so, time? So, <laughs> the original plan was gonna have my mother-in-law cook. Love it. And as we got closer to the shoot day, and she started buying stuff, we realized, okay, this might be a little unrealistic. So we were scrambling to find places that could accommodate us last minute. So this time, better food, <clears throat> better food, more pre-production, and um, I mean, we have a lot more money, so mm. that that definitely helps. Yeah. So are you working with like the same investor? Different investor. But you now have the movie proof of concept. You come to him and you're mm -hmm. like, hey, we made this for this amount. We kind of want to step it up. Yeah, it's no, it's awesome. He's a, he's a really awesome guy based out of Atlanta. He's got a production company, does a bunch of movies out there. He's never done a movie in LA, wants to try it out, see what it's about. Um, and he connected with our other director and other, other producer and um, gonna make a movie and see what happens. Wow. Yeah. So will this guy come out and check out the film? Yes, he will. Mm -hmm. The whole time or just a few days? He's probably gonna hang most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Wow. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Just I mean, vibe. Just simply funding a movie. Got, gotta be. Do you there. have like a whole like video village set up when it's a smaller like like an indie or like because you don't have like 
other do you have like other producers that are watching as well as like so <clears throat> this movie's gonna have uh we have two directors um they'll each have a monitor and then we'll have a larger video village for myself our executive producer and our other producer mm. although i'm gonna be running around so much i, I right. i'm a very hands-on producer i don't like sitting back and telling people what to do it's like if trash has to be taken out and no one's there i'm taking it out if a uh, light needs to be set up because genie's falling behind i'm gonna hop in there um so we'll have that and then our AC will have our monitor. And that's, yeah, that's probably, we're doing two cams. So we'll have like two sets of monitors at video. You do that just so you have like less shoot days basically? Yeah, up. so we're doing, um, it ends up being like five of our 13 days will be two cams. Um, just cause they're heavier moments, more dialogue. So we want to be able to shoot it out. Two Sony Venices? No, we are shooting with Alexa mini LFs. Fine. He's getting yeah. choked up thinking about how he's got <laughs> yeah, a $60,000 yeah, yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Those are so pretty, dude. Such a pretty camera. Yeah, they are. Speaking of pretty, I feel like we kind of got to talk about this movie. We were shooting the shit about Saltburn. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it oh, yet. So you haven't good. seen I, it? I heard it sucks. Oh, no, I loved dude. it. We all loved it. Well, dude. I, I, I don't know. I just got to check it out. It's but so pretty. It's so pretty. I thought it was good. I thought okay. it was fun. I thought the plot it, was like pretty good, but it yeah. was mostly just like you, fucking I mean, gorgeous. I mean, you, you, you've, seen, you've seen the plot before. I didn't do it. Goes to Scary Wait, House. You we got to talk about this. We can't tell him that we can't ruin it for him though. I don't think I can. I think I can say without ruining it. Okay. So you know how you were like, Chloe knew what was going to happen. Immediately. And I didn't see it coming. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Lena was like, uh, he, he, she kept saying what eventually happened. And I was like, that's not going to fucking happen. So girls can tell and guys can't tell that thing. Mm. That maybe someone's a creep. I had an inkling. Is that the right word? Yeah, I, had, an I had an inkling about like the first bit. But then it kept going. So funny how vague we're talking. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, Jordan, Jordan's got to go watch it. Like, Sorry, eight twenty four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, it was, it was really it was pretty. So though. pretty. It was like some of the shot. Most yeah. of the movie felt like photographs. Mm. Yeah, and. Mm. and not a ton was there like any movement really not a lot very no. some very, there was very, like that one really cool sweep sorry there was this one really cool sweeping shot remember when they're like at the at the like pool and it's right. like going all around it's also in a four three aspect ratio mm, and i saw nice. what's the fucking other i just saw another movie that's in four three is that coming back dude like what about that wrestling one have you seen that i did one? i did i, did. I, see I, liked, I see liked that i heard i heard that was awesome yeah, and that's yeah. an a24 movie it too. is it is i can't wait to dude see i know movie, a bit dude. about those brothers it's fucking devastating yeah that it's story. it's really it's really sad it's a really sad oh movie. i don't want i don't think i want to know but i heard it's really good though it is it's beautiful it looks amazing it's a fellow from the it bear jack guy zach efron he's too small dude he's way too short the guy he's Who playing is? is like six seven. Um, Jeremy Allen White. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the actual guy, the, the Van are, Eric. The that girls he's are going crazy, crazy about, about him. I know, yeah, dude, dude. I know. I can't remember which fucking Van Eric it is, but the guy he's playing is like Thor, like real life Thor. Wow. Dude, the guy, the guy in um in uh, Saltburn. When you go watch it, it, it's not a prosthetic rock. Is all I'm gonna say. No way. Okay. Yes, Barry Barry Packin', Keenan, whatever his hog, name is. Packing wow. a hot. Good, good well, for him. Okay, all wait, I'm gonna say. Is all I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna lie. It is a, say, not a prosthetic. People rock. say this about Willem Dafoe and John Hamm and fucking Barry Keoghan. I don't know. That they all got giant rocks, dude. Is that like a thing that you need to have? If you're gonna do a nude scene in a movie, they're like, this guy's not working. Like, yeah. Is that why you gotta be like, do all actors just have giant hogs? <laughs> it's crazy. There's so many of them. No, bro, it's camera angles. You right, just make yeah. it look big. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, what, up, that's what he's telling us. Shot on a nine. A nine yeah, the yeah, nine, nine mil. Nine mil lower, yeah. like low angle. No, that thing was giant. Wait, wouldn't that make it look small? 
Now, if you got real close to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. No, true, true, true. But dude, they definitely didn't. Dude, uh, on the topic of, of, of studios and films being made, you recently had downsized your studio, right? Mm-hmm. You, okay. So we've had we've had friends that have bought studios. We've had friends that have loved buying studios. They're like, this is the best thing ever. We've had friends that have sold them. Mm. And I want to know what your experience has been like and where is it at in this big city? Yeah. So I loved it. It was amazing. It was so cool having just a facility that was mine. Um, you know, I, I it, it was very helpful for the year that we had it because we hadn't done a feature film yet. And to anybody in the narrative space, all that we were was a music video company. And that didn't really mean anything to anybody. Um, it was like, pat on your back, oh, cute. Could come back to us when you've actually made something cool. So once we got a facility, it immediately increased our, um, our, uh, perceived value. Name. Perceived value. Thank you, sir. Um, it immediately increased our perceived value, and people took us more seriously because they were like, "Oh, oh, you have a facility. Oh, mm. oh, great. Yeah, sure, I'll take a meeting with you." So it was really helpful for that. It was cool to br- uh, bring people together. We did various like industry mixers. Uh, you didn't know you didn't come to one. You came to my birthday. He no, wasn't you did. Invited. Yeah, you he did. Invited. Your birthday was kind of like an industry mixer. No, but bef- didn't you come to one before that or no? I only came to one. Oh, okay. So yeah, we the, did. It um, was full. The list was yeah, the list was full. Yeah, we did networking we nights. I just, dude, I'm just not in the industry. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right I can't get there. invited to the industry we're there. Thanks, no, I'll, I'll get. Once Peace you guys tag. step up from newer tripods, then yeah. then we can talk. Slam it. Super fair comment. No, it, it was great, but ultimately the deciding point for getting rid of it was we couldn't actually shoot there. Um, it was not sound friendly at all. We had a metal worker on one side and a wood worker on the Fuck, other side. Perfect combo. Um, so, and it wasn't the best area. Sun Valley is like a little, a little sketch. It's Where's just, Sun Valley at? It's uh, exactly, exactly. Um, it's past Burbank Airport. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So it's minute-wise, it's only five to seven minutes from downtown Burbank, but it still is just out there. It's very mm-hmm. industrial, mm-hmm. so it's not the best area, the cleanest area. We would have often people come for a meeting or a client, and they'd be like, am I in the right place? Yeah. Like, is this a scam? Like, is this guy legit? Um, so with that being said, going into the next one, when we get another one, I'll, I, I I know what to look for now. Oh, so you haven't you haven't gotten the second one yet. We, correct, we're correct. So we it. moved into a house. It's a very big house um, and it has a massive garage with really tall ceilings. So we just relocated the stuff into the garage plus our third bedroom. It's a sweet setup. Where is it at? Where's the house? Burbank. Oh, in Burbank too. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. I think I showed you. Did I not show you, you the did. video? You did, yeah, yeah. It's great. And you you're living in there and you got a studio or yeah. it's sick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's attached. It's it's perfect. That's I so ideal. It. Are yeah. you living there by yourself? Or do you have other people that you're working uh, with? So my wife and I live there. And my wife. Our, our buddy. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Someone's my wife. But <laughs> you haven't seen that movie, Christ? <laughs> just so you weren't ready for it? It's because I was... I was with my buddies the other day and they do it every time. I just forgot that like you guys don't do it. I'm sorry. Oh, I love it. I no, love I it. do. I do do that sometimes, which is funny. Oh, that's great. I'm <laughs> sorry. That comes no, up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fucking sick. Uh, so, and then we live with our buddy, Justin. Okay. Um, I, we've worked with him a bunch over the years, but he travels a lot for work. So like right now he's been gone for a month and might get back sometime in a month. So oh, that's, it works out well. Yeah. What are you trying to add to the rental list to keep keep going? I know you. we have a huge purchase. Was the tripod included in this, in this no, bundle? No, well, uh, well, no, I bought everything individually. Oh, so okay. like I bought media, I bought batteries, monitor, camera body, accessories, everything piecemealed it. Just so people know about how much cards cost for a camera like that. So how much? How much of the cards alone? 25 500 each. Each. each for a 512. How yeah. many did you cop? I have six. 
Oh. I didn't buy. I didn't buy them new. I bought them used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but, that, but that's yeah, how much they got. No, dude, it was like, <laughs> Lexar. Lexar needs deal. to make a Venice uh, card. Yeah, and, we'll talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude. When we no, when we had our Reddit was insane. We we're spending like fifteen hundred bucks, two thousand bucks on cards. Because you, because you were in charge of like accessories, <laughs> and I'm like, Brain, I don't know if we should be spending three grand on cards, bro. Like my last card was like two hundred bucks. Dude, they're just expensive. They're expensive. Yeah, they're just so expensive. What dude. Uh, for your main camera that you're using? What cards do you have to use? Not oh. for yeah. these. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for these? Dude, yeah. You use this to I shoot your I stuff, too? I rip these for everything. Okay. Dude, the, the C70 is such a tank, and it takes Lexar SD cards. Okay. Which is in, insane. And they I don't ever fill them up at 4K. Never. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Ever. We had, we had a Komodo for a period of time, and then we sold it. It was just like kind of a pain in the ass to lug around, and it took like a minute and a half to turn on, and it would have to be turned on the entire fucking day. Yeah. It made me so mad, dude. You know who we sold it to? Uh, Young Gravy's music video guy. Oh really? Yeah, he makes all the great. That's who we music. sold it to. Yeah, his name's Adrian Kirshner. He's a good guy. You know what I want? I want the Burano. The Burano? Yeah, I I considered getting the Burano. Like, did you did you hate it? Does that got the um, Rialto shit on it? No, it doesn't. So that's why he didn't What's do the it. Point? You could get a new Burano <laughs> for a similar, close to the same as a used Venice. Um, why would someone get the Burano? I was just like, I really, it looks pretty to me. Yeah, it yeah, it's fun. So you know, look, I'm I'm not super technical expert with some of the tech specs and whatnot but what i've been reading is that the burano is like a juiced up fx9 and it doesn't really know where to fit um mm. so the type of project and budget that you would normally need to bring on a camera that expensive you don't need autofocus um right. you don't need some of the various things that that camera has it's like a beefed so, up fx9 you're so right yeah so I don't know. I mean, it definitely, it's awesome. The fact that it's got in-body stabilization and a cinema camera and uh, it's got autofocus is super tight and the image is going to look awesome. But um, it's really interesting. Sony do this. They love cannibalizing their shit. Yeah, they love that. Yeah. Was the FX3 just the Sony Venice at this point? Like, it's just like, <laughs> like there's. No, seriously, dude. That it's crazy. The FX3, they, they, did you see they shot the creator? I on did, the, yeah. bro. Well, I happen to have a video that's got like 1.5 million views talking about it. Yeah, you got, you're doing these podcasts. Is the. Are we getting a full episode? I, I don't know. You're just teasing I don't people. Know. You're just doing clips only? So, yeah, I like so that. I, he, That's funny. Here, I, I'm going to give some pro tips away real okay, quick. Um, so I wanted to make a podcast, but I don't have the time to make a podcast. It might be an excuse. It's a different conversation. Um, so instead of committing to doing a full hour-long episode, I just did clips. Because a lot of people don't even see the full length anyway. They only see the clip and they only know of the clip because that's what you see on social media. So I just started with the clips. I find like a minute to 90 second long you know, tidbits that I could talk about. I post that, pretend it's from a podcast, and then people will ask, hey, where's the full length? Where's the full length? So building the high, the demand before I actually make it. Um, and I love it. I love talking on camera and it's fun, especially with my acting background. And I'm still you know, figuring out exactly the format for it, but I just come up with a cool fact or find a cool fact and then I talk about it. Is there usually another person or is it you talking to you? It's me talking to me. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so the first couple we did, it was two people and we recorded both of us and we'd just talk for 15 minutes and have like three or four topics we'd want to hit. Mm. And then I realized that my wife was like, hey, that's wasting time. Like just get the minute you want to hit. So I would still look at a person as if there's another person there, um, but there wasn't. <laughs> Sometimes she would sit there but to like, you he's know, an actor. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got really yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's got and then these last few, I've just been straight down the barrel. Just down the barrel to the camera. Down okay. the barrel. Wow. I, love that. I have one other question about uh, your film. New film 
just making films in general, when you're deciding like the style of the film, right? Like you create a shot list. Where do you draw inspiration from as far as like what you want, like the style of the film to look like? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it um, will come first and foremost from the writer when they're writing the script and what they envision for the world you're building. But there's a lot of really key people that are a part of bringing that to life. Um, you know, whether it's your director talking about in tangent with the DP and what you want this stylistically to feel like, or it's the production designer talking about you know this this room and this set and how we're going to build this to match the characters um but you know a specific tool that i'll use that's very helpful is shot deck um it's got you know 4k frames it's not a plug but it's a plug um it's got 4k frames of you know beautiful movies and you can look up wide shot or exterior interior um and you can type color tones and shot angles and and find just beautiful imagery um, but usually i would say it's like writer director and then working with the dp to figure out exactly what it's going to look like each person along the line is breathing so much life into the project Shot Tech's a sweet platform. Yeah, Shot Tech sponsor. Sponsor the yeah. podcast. I got it. I got it. You haven't used it? it? No, oh, it's yeah, so it's sick. Really it's, cool. a, it's a beautiful little platform. It's really cool. yeah, I gotta check is it there, out. Is there, is there another platform that you use that is very helpful in the pre-production process that you could share with us? Um, or if there, if there is anything else? You're going to scroll through iCandy just for a I was, no, what's that? Oh, oh you should coolest, check out iCandy. Really? E-Y-E-C-N-D-Y? Yeah, spelt weird. Yeah. It's basically just all the different like visual Components styles. of videos, just like weird, so it's music like videos, match movies. cut, fixed camera, rolling mm. camera, like crash zoom, zoom, all kinds of cool shit. And you can just click through all the, and there's all like the coolest GIF examples. Basically. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's a, and an it's Instagram free. channel too. And it's free. Wow, yeah. I gotta look into that. You should check out the, the Instagram's great. I, I, like every day they'll highlight either a different DP or a different director and they'll have like frames from. Mm. Their Instagram's the coolest. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, I gotta it, check it's, that it's out. grown like wildfire this I last year. No, I never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, Google Drive is my best friend for mm -hmm. keeping organized. Mm -hmm. um, I, we used Studio Binder on smaller productions, but you know, everybody now, whether it's the AD or the line producer or whatever, they're all using uh, Movie Magic, um, which is like the industry standard for making your budgets, making your um, schedules, making your call sheets. Movie Magic. Movie Magic. Okay. Know? Wow. There's right. Movie Magic budgeting. There's Movie Magic scheduling. Um, and that's like the main program. They, that they, they have use. like a monopoly. You got to pay like 200 bucks a month and you get right. everything. Pretty, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty what much. they all do, dude. Yep. They're just trying to get every fucking, oh, of course. every subscription, of course. subscription. Dude. Never every, one time thing. You know? Never do. Everyone's they, getting drained. So in the, in the next six to 12 months, do you think that it's going to be really focusing on filming this movie or we're filming in four weeks, filming in four weeks for 13 days. Okay. And then in the next six to 12 months, we're going to definitely have that edited. What do you think is later down this pipeline this year? So one of the things I'm, you know, really trying to do is like, I love moving quickly. I love trying to do in six months what takes most people six years. Um, you know, like that example I said with the pre-production. So I'm going to move fast on the things that are building with momentum, but simultaneously I'm making sure that I have my ducks in a row for the projects that are really going to make a statement, really show this is what we're all about. The way that A24 is such a, a beautifully branded cult following company, I have all of that stuff that I'm developing, but these first few projects are like, let me prove that we can make money from movies. Let me prove that we can get great actors, et cetera, et cetera, production value, all of that. So I'm um, getting those ducks in a row so that as soon as I continue to figure out distribution, get financing, prove that we can make movies, make money from movies, then I can put on the table the project that's really gonna uh, explode. I love that. Do you have that in like your back pocket? I you're like, you're like, I you, know what yeah, you know my about big it. hitter is. You know yeah, about true. one of them. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> Oh, dude, this is exciting. I feel like we're sitting uh, sitting at the table with a 
future like major producer i love it you know it's it's really cool honestly all of us like we really are the next generation uh we are going to be replacing the people that Come are on, running hollywood right now what are we i'm Bitcoin serious and oh yeah dude. but that's why i say even more how much of a responsibility we have because the people that are coming after us they're being born into a very confusing time and we live in a world that is uh scary and uh, society that's broken in a lot of ways and we have a responsibility to help kind of guide that as we continue to grow in this industry because this industry really does affect the world more than anything else and that's one of the things that i specifically feel called to is the entertainment industry is literally the biggest microphone or speaker to the entire world and the stuff that gets put out is garbage and there's so many meaningless films and meaningless content being created and i want to be in a position where i can make stuff that actually spreads a positive message um and and also spreading that message to just the people around you because you know it's going back to one thing you said earlier about you know we're so focused on being great or making great things the principles or the morals or the things that you stand for doesn't only show in your art, it shows in the people that you create art with because it's domino effect and it's that approach of like influencing the influencer. Um, so rather than feeling like you need to say this thing or make this thing that's gonna you know get hundreds of thousands or millions of views, just do it to the people around you. They might get hundreds of thousands of views. And you know if you look back at like, um, uh, Barnum Bailey, I think his name was the you know the circus. Oh yeah, the circus guy. So he was one of the most brilliant marketers of like all of the world. And you look at some of the things he did, and he was re very big on influencing the influencer. And basically, instead of trying to get your resume on the desk of the person that you want it to to be and in their hands, you get it to somebody else that will feel so inclined to bring it to them. So like if you had a specific person you wanted on your podcast, find out who in their network would be excited enough to show it to them rather than getting it to the person yourself and it might be an easier in um, so that's like influencing that. the influencer. I love that I love that what do you think is some of the best advice that you've ever received um I'm not honestly I'm not sure I mean I don't know I have to come back to that one no worries what what would you tell we'll finish it off with this what would you tell your 18 year old self before you hopped on this journey before you moved out to LA before you made your first movie what would you tell that person uh just start making things sooner mm. yeah just start making things sooner I, it didn't unlock in my brain I thought I had to rely on other people or wait for things and it's crazy it's like iPhones look amazing and ultimately the important thing is just coming up with cool ideas in the story if you have that you could shoot it on a flip phone you know, you could have no lighting equipment or great lighting equipment. All that stuff doesn't matter. Just make stuff. Just make stuff that you're excited about and just keep doing it. And I, and I will say too, like on a, because we obviously we have to make money. That's just a part of life. We have bills. Make as much money as you can in the least amount of time as possible. As much money in the least amount of time. Because um, then it opens up your time to focus on the things that you're excited about. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode 94 of the 505 Podcast. If you're still here, please leave us a like, hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you all next week. Peace! Woo!